Welcome to Bees and Blessing, where I share tips, stories, and encouragement for homeschooling, homemaking, and home life. You can have a thriving homeschool, a maintained home, and hobbies that you enjoy without feeling overwhelmed and overscheduled. It's not about getting everything done, but about doing everything that matters to you. I'm your host, Jasmine Lozano, and I'm so glad that you're here. Why don't you grab a cup of coffee or go for a run, clean out a closet, do a puzzle, do something that gives you life as you join me for a great conversation. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here and I am excited for today's episode. We are talking about planning homeschool. I am a planner to the core. I love to plan. I love to-do lists. I love checking things off. I love making my little lists all cute and colorful, Uh, but I really, really love planning. But I recognize that not everyone loves planning. So if maybe you need a little bit of extra help in planning your homeschool year, and I hope that this podcast or this episode will be helpful for you. So I plan in three different ways. And I'm going to break down each of those ways in this episode. I plan from a yearly aspect, and then I plan every month, and then I also plan every week. I know that sounds like a lot, but I promise you it is not. The yearly side of the planning takes um, anywhere from maybe one to two hours. And the, the more I've been doing this, like the less time that it takes. And it's a very quick kind of overview. It's not planning every single day of the year, but I'll share more with that uh, with you about that. And then I also plan on the monthly basis, and that takes anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And then my weekly planning is maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Sometimes it's even less. And so when I, I, I know, like I said, not everybody's a planner. So the idea of putting some time aside might be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be sitting there making lists and spreadsheets and all this stuff. But I assure you that by doing um, these three different forms of planning in my homeschool, it has really actually saved me a ton of time on the day-to-day basis. So the first part of planning that I want to talk to you guys about is how we do our yearly planning. So when it comes to yearly planning, um, like I mentioned, it takes about one to two hours, but I really love this part of the planning process because maybe I only have like, I don't have a lot of time that day. I can sit down for a set amount of time and at least have an idea of what our school year is going to look like. So the first thing that I do is I look at the the calendar. I look at the calendar year. We are not year-round homeschoolers. We homeschool from September to May, we start after Labor Day and we end um, at Memorial Day. And I'll, I'll do another episode about why we, we chose not to homeschool year round. So I, I won't talk your ear off this episode about it. But those are the times that we do school. So I look at the calendar and I figure out when are our breaks going to be. That's the first thing I schedule in. And I do that in real life. Like when I look at my personal calendar, I look, okay, when do I have you know a, a day that doesn't have as much on it? when am I going to take a nap? Or when am I just going to sit and do a puzzle and chill? I schedule in my rest first. And I think that's a practice that we should all consider doing both personally and in our homeschool. So I look at the breaks. What breaks are we going to take this year? 
This is also a time when I do look at my district's calendar and I don't base our schedule on their schedule, but I kind of want to see when are these kids out of school? (laughs) And one reason that I do that as well is because my friends still have a lot of uh, friendships with their with their friends from school. And so I also, I just want an idea of when other people are going to be out. So, you know, and it helps me make my decision as to when we're going to take those breaks. But I schedule in the big breaks. I look at our Christmas break. When do we want to wrap up uh, before Christmas? And I usually like to take about the first, it's usually the last two months or sorry, last two weeks of December off. But I kind of look at what's going on and I figure out when is our Christmas break going to be? And when is our spring break going to be? Because those are the two biggest breaks of the year for us. And um, I schedule those in. I also look at um, my kids get the week of their birthday off. And I know everybody, when I tell people this, they're like, what? That's crazy. But my mom lives out of town. And so she flies up for about a week for their birthday. And I'm not doing school while they're, you know, while their grandma's in town and wants to spend time with them. So I look at that. And and where their birthdays fall, actually, they, they fall where we are feeling like we need a couple days off anyway. So we take a little break for their birthday. I put all that in the calendar. And that helps me to see... Uh, at least when we, when our stop, start and stop points should be. Then I look at our curriculum. I pull that out and I get an idea of what I want to get done for the year. The curriculum that we use, it's about 10, it's 10 books, um, but the last two books in most of their subjects are review and I don't really do review. So my goal is to finish between seven and eight of their books every year. And I look at how will this work out? So if we're going to, my goal is always eight books, but sometimes we only get to seven. But I look at the eight books I want to finish and I kind of estimate, okay, well, this book may take us from the first day of school through the first break we have in October. Um, This book, these two books are easy. So we might be able to get um, a total of three and a half books done in the first part of the year before December break. And we should be able to finish the last four or five between January and May. And so I look at what my expectations are as far as completing the curriculum and what I hope that we're able to do. Um, For an example, I'll look at our math curriculum and I'll see a lot of times the first book is just, it's a review book from last year. Hey, welcome back. Um, Do you still remember how to add? Do you still remember how to multiply those kind of things? And so we can usually get through our first book really quickly in about three weeks, but maybe our second book has some new concepts in it. So we're not going to be able to, you know, you know, breeze through this book in three weeks, we may need four or five weeks for our second book. So I kind of break down what what I expect us to be able to do by um, just doing a very quick glance at what's going to be in each book. And our curriculum has what's called the scope and sequence that shows um, each book, what each book is about. And it shows what each section in the book is about. So I can take a really quick, quick glance at that and see, like for my son, um, he was going to be learning how to multiply and divide decimals this year. And he's still mastering multiplication and he's in the fifth grade, but he's still really just getting his multiplication down. So I knew when we got to multiplying and dividing decimals, we may need a little bit more time there. So I just highlighted to remind myself like, okay, we're not going to rush through this. I want to make sure he gets this. But that's how I look at the curriculum for the year and get an idea of what we can accomplish. Another thing, the last thing that I do for this yearly Uh, planning stage is I don't forget about the field trips and the parties. So we live in Southeast Wisconsin and every October, 
There's like a billion pumpkin farms that are doing all of their fall festivals and things like that. And there's one particular farm that we go to every single year. We love to go to it. It's right down the street from our house. It's like a five minute drive. So we we never miss that. And so I kind of schedule in when I think we'll be able to do that. I look at um, Valentine's Day. Our our co-op does a really big Valentine's Day party. So I kind of make sure I know when that's going to be. So I I don't forget about the field trips and the parties because those are school things as well. A lot of times we think, you know, oh, we're not going to be at the table with our books. Um, so it's not school. But no, that's school. Having a Valentine's Day party with your with your peers, that's that's school. That's what they're doing in, you know, the brick and mortar school. So, you know, I do count that as part of my yearly planning for homeschool. So again, this this part of the planning takes about one to two hours. Honestly, it's closer to one. Just sitting down and getting a bird's eye view of the year. Maybe you know, you know what? My kids have dentist appointments in October or November. So you, you for at least for us, our dentist appointments are always pre-scheduled. So I kind of even put that kind of thing in. So I know, all right, well, this day, maybe we don't want to teach anything new that day. I know the book says we're supposed to do this, but you know we have appointments coming up. But I try to put in anything that... I know is set in stone and that way I'm not scrambling once the year starts trying to put things together. So I usually do this one to two weeks before we plan to start school. Again, we start school usually that Tuesday after Labor Day. And um, usually like some years it's been like super late where that Tuesday was like the eighth or the ninth. And in those years, I may start the week ahead. But this is the time where I choose my start date. If Labor Day is like the third, I'm cool waiting to the fourth, you know, to start school. So um, that's how I do the yearly planning. And again, it's so helpful just to have an idea of what to expect for the school year. So the next stage of planning that I do is my monthly planning. So the next form of planning that I do is my monthly planning. I mentioned that the yearly planning takes any from one to two hours. My monthly planning takes maybe 15 to 30 minutes. And you guys have to excuse my cat if you hear her in the background. But um, my monthly planning, I typically do this like the last week of the month, looking forward into the next month. So right now, as this podcast is going out, it's the end of February. So I am looking at March right now. And so I've already gotten an idea of where I would like us to be at this point in the year. Sometimes we're there, sometimes we're not. So I just focus on where we are right now. And so I I break out their books. I'll give you an example. I may take the math book and I'll see, okay, we have three sections in this math book. I think we can finish all three sections in the month of March. We don't have any breaks in March. Um, We're just coming off of a, a birthday break, so we should really be able to get some momentum going. So then I just look at um, I look at their work and I look to see what they're learning for that month. And so if it's some of the pages will be review, um, those pages, I know we can get done very quickly. And I just go through each book and pencil in what I am hoping we can get done, you know, each day of the week. I look at my, my weeks on the calendar. So I know that, uh, the first Monday in March is Monday the 6th, and then we have Monday the 13th, and then we have Monday the 20th. So I look at those three weeks and I begin to kind of pencil in their books what I think they can get done each day. And I write it in pencil because there will be times where I think we're going to do four or five pages, like, oh yeah, we're going to breeze through this. But maybe, you know, we get caught up on something in that subject. I know right now, I think I've mentioned my son is learning um, long division and dividing decimals. And it's something that I really don't want to rush through with him. 
I really want him to master it and just feel confident in doing um, these things. So I some some days in math, we only do two pages. So I pencil in what I hope we're able to do um, just to give us give me some structure for the month. Um, after that, I, I also add in any extra materials that we're going to use. So um, I use a program online called Brain Pop. It is a, pre- a paid program, uh, but I absolutely love it. The kids had it while they were in school. And when they came home during the pandemic and we're doing, you know, like virtual learning, um, they gave us access to Brain Pop for free. And I loved it so much that I knew that I wanted to use it as a resource in our homeschool. And it's a yearly fee. A lot of times you can get it for like 20% off, but it is totally worth it. It just adds a little bit of fun to uh, whatever you're learning. So um, right now, I know um, the first week of March, my son will be learning about metaphors and similes. So I can go over to Brain Pop and see, do they have any videos on metaphors and similes? And they do. Um, and so I'll write down, pencil it in his book. Okay, when he gets to this section, I want to pause and we watch this Brain Pop video and do the activities on that app. So I'll do that for the entire book. Same thing for math. They had a brain pop video on long division and and the the videos are cute. They're educational, but they're, you know, they're kind of funny. They have a little robot in there that's um, working with this guy. And I really like them too. But whatever we're doing for that month, I kind of thumb through the book to see, is there a brain pop video or a YouTube video that we can combine with this just to make, you know, learning a little bit more fun. And then I'll also use this time to see if we have any appointments coming up that month, is there anything going on like in the, the group, the co-op group that we're a part of, and schedule our school around those days. Um, I have found it very helpful to just um, to just take, again, like I do with the yearly planning, just take a bird's eye view of the month and just, you know, make sure that we're not, I'm not double booking anything, make sure that there's some space in there for rest and play as well. And so I like to do that every month. And again, that takes maybe 15 to 30 minutes. And I know that if I do nothing else at this point, I at least have an idea of what we need to do for that month. And for many people, this is where you can stop. You can say, you know what? I know what I'm doing for the year. I know what I would like to do every month. This is good enough for me. Um, But if you want a little bit more detail, (laughs) you can keep on listening because now I'm going to share with you how I move forward with weekly planning. So weekly planning is even simpler than monthly planning. And I know for some people, they're like, okay, this is too much. What's going on? But um, all this does is it lets me keep up week to week with what's going on in the homeschool. And so after I've done my yearly planning, after I've done my monthly planning, on Thursday afternoons when we finish school or on Fridays when we're not really doing um, actual book work, I will sit down and look at the previous week and see um, where we need to be going into the next week. So I put everything on a spreadsheet because I like spreadsheets, <laughs> but um, I am actually I actually have a spreadsheet that I will be posting in my Etsy shop, Bees and Blessing, if you want to um, go over there and check it out. But I also have like a handwritten one that you can use. Um, I have a planner that you can fill in by hand. I like to fill a lot of things in by hand, but when it comes to the weekly schedule for my kids, I do put it in a spreadsheet in um, Google Sheets. And what this does is it gives my kids something to follow. So my goal for my kids is that, you know, they're in third and fifth grade right now. 
So I still do a lot of work with them, but my goal is that they they can be independent learners and there are some things that they do independently. And there has been times where they've done their whole school day independently. Um, I remember I'd gotten pretty sick and it was towards the beginning of homeschool, but they had their spreadsheet. So they knew, okay, I can go get my spreadsheet and see what I'm supposed to do today. And their books, the, the curriculum that we use is it's set up to where kids can learn independently. I choose to kind of teach a lot of it, but um I make the spreadsheet so it gives the kids an idea of what they can expect for the week as well. Because it's great that I know everything going on, but the the weekly spreadsheet gives my kids some um, ownership over their schoolwork. And so I look at what I've penciled in for the month, and I all I do is transfer that into a spreadsheet. And that takes maybe five minutes per kid. I go through the math book, the language book, the history book, our Bible curriculum. We're using something different for science. I don't have to do that there. But I just plug in what we're doing that week. And if they have a brain pop or a YouTube video, I put that in there and I highlight it yellow so they get excited. They love seeing the yellow highlights. If they don't have spelling words a particular day, I'll put that on there, like no spelling words and put it in red so they know stop, don't do spelling. But that just allows us to see every day. And I do it more for the kids. They can see every day what what they're needing to do. And on that spreadsheet, it just lists Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what's expected of them. And then at the uh, towards the bottom of that, I put our, our weekly Bible verse on there. And then I also do their spelling words and what kind of spelling words they are. Are they irregular vowels? Are they um, synonyms? Are they antonyms? You know, just, just so that this is just mainly for them. Because my kids, they're a little bit like me. They love checking off their work. Some days, um, well, most days I give them an option. What do you want to do first? You know, um, after we do our group subjects. And so my son will look and say, okay, well, I got four pages in math. Um, I got five pages in language. I'm going to get the language out of the way. So they like to see what's expected of them for the week because it gives them a finish line. It gives them a sense of knowing when school is done. And I know for me, it's very helpful in my everyday life. I make a to-do list because I know I'll put like my top three things on there. And I know once I do these three things, I'm done. I don't have to do anything else. If I do, great. But I don't I've done the requirement for the day. And that's what our weekly schedule does for the kids. Um, and again, this is a, a totally optional phase of planning. For some people, they think it's too much. But my kids love their spreadsheet. And I love it too. Um, my mom visited once and she stayed for like two weeks. And I mentioned that when my mom comes, we don't do school. But if she's staying for two weeks, like we don't have to do a little bit of school. But it was really cool because they wanted my mom to be their teacher one day. And, you know, she had the spreadsheet. They knew exactly what they were supposed to do that day. They knew what videos they were supposed to watch. They knew what pages, what spelling words. And I could literally just hand that to her and say, you know, here you go. This is the week, you know, and not really have to explain anything. And I look at it almost as, you know, when in like public school, when a substitute has to come, they have materials, the, the teacher already has materials together for them to give the kids. And so I kind of look at it that way as if if something happens and I weren't, I was not able to homeschool them this week, my kids have everything they need to still complete and have a successful homeschool week. So that is how I plan our homeschool. I plan on the yearly, I plan on the monthly, and I plan on the weekly. And I promise you that having a plan will really put your mind at ease. I get asked all the time, you know, how how do you have time to do the things you do? And I'm not a busybody, but um, I do a lot of things and they're all things that I love. I have a lot of hobbies. I've mentioned that before. 
I, um, I'm a runner. I, so I, I have to run a couple times a week. Some days I have to run four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten miles in one day. And I also uh, lead worship at my church. I teach classes in my co-op. I have this podcast. I have an Etsy shop. And these are all things that I'm very passionate about and I love and enjoy doing. But if I didn't have a plan uh, for homeschool, I would feel very overwhelmed and it would make me feel like I didn't have time for other things. And I see that happen so often in the lives of of so many homeschooling families and um, homeschooling parents that... um, they're just kind of scrambling and throwing things together to where they don't really have the time to spend and invest in hobbies and things they truly love. And so for some people, they see planning as being very restrictive and very, you know, like um, legalistic and, and just trying to be a control freak. But in honesty, my planning gives me freedom to do the things that I really, really want to do because I don't have to think about that, you know, whatever thing I'm planning. So all that to say, that's how I plan. Um, If you're not a planner or if you need help planning, reach out to me. I love helping people plan. Um, But if you're not a planner, I hope you consider doing a little bit of planning and just see how it just opens up more space in your day for the things you enjoy. So that's all I have for you guys this week. Thank you for listening and I will see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to Bees and Blessing. You can read more inspiration and join the email list at beesandblessing.family.blog. And don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, leave a rating and a review to help others find the podcast. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can click the link in the description to choose a one-time or recurring option. Thank you so much again for being here. And remember, start where you are, Use what you have and do what you can. You are enough.